Hello, and welcome to another Veterinary Team Training Podcast. My name is Amy Neufeld. I'm both the host and owner of Vet Team Training. Please check out all my other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com. Today, I want to talk to you about my annoyance with a common term that I hear all the time when I'm talking to veterinary teams. All the time when I'm talking to veterinary teams, they equate themselves to family. They'll say things like, I'm working with my family. I love working with my family. We're like a family. We have a family atmosphere, and I absolutely despise that term, and I'm going to tell you why. First of all, I love my family because some of them are probably listening to this. I I definitely need to say, I love my family. I very much do. But I do not want to work with my family. At no point have I ever thought, I'd really love to work with my sister or my mother or my father. At no point have a, has that thought ever crossed my mind. And as much as I love my family, they're my family. And sometimes we fight. Sometimes we argue. Sometimes we don't treat our family the way that we should be treating them. And so when we look at our true families, do you really want to work with your family? So then my next question is, Why are we constantly using that analogy to equate it to our hospital team? Because what we have in our hospitals should hopefully not be a family. Families are often dysfunctional. They're rude to each other. They take each other for granted. You know, if you live in a a house, you know, with multiple stories, sometimes people scream from one floor to another. They'll scream, dinner's ready. And the kids will scream down, okay. Or then if the kids didn't hear that, they said, did you hear me? I said, dinner's ready. Dinner is ready. You guys need to come here now. And when I pause, some of you are thinking to yourself, that's exactly how my team talks in my veterinary hospital. Bingo. And this is why I hate the term, we are like family. Because you shouldn't be like family. You work in a professional medical office. We want to get away from the family analogy and we want to put in the team and coach analogy. Let me be very clear. Sports in and of themselves are actually a really terrible way of describing business. You know, not a lot of people sometimes relate to sports. Sports are about winning and losing. They are about, you know, high stakes and high stress. And when people fail on the team, they cut them. And so sports largely are not the best way to actually talk about your hospital team. But coaching is a really important way to talk about your hospital team. And so let's be clear that not all coaches coach sports. The role of a successful coach is to do more than simply just point people in a certain direction and get them to go there. Coaching in a workplace actually makes sure that we develop the individual to being the quote unquote best player on the team. And so I'm going to go down this route of some sports analogies. But again, when we're talking about competitiveness, when we're talking about winning and losing, that part of the sports, it loses people and it's not okay to equate your business to it. So to add to the fact that not all coaches coach sport, well, not all team members play sports. And so we are going to be talking about coaches and teams, but certainly thinking about it from a sports perspective because there's a lot of really great things that good coaches do. And really, there is a lot of sports mentality when it comes to coaching individuals to be their best self and certainly also to win a game. We're not going to really be talking about winning, but we are certainly going to be talking about developing people. So from this point forward, I want you to get rid of that terminology, family. I hear some of you call yourselves mama bear. 
bear or papa bear. Oh, I'm like mama bear. I'm like papa bear. And those are my cubs. And I'm very protective of my cubs. Arr! Like that's weird. You're not, you're not in a family. Again, you work in a professional medical office and that's the mentality we need to start bringing into our hospitals because a lot of times our hospitals have become broken with the communication because we've become so casual because we are in fact treating our teammates like they are family. And listen, the way I talk to my sister is very different than someone in a professional medical office. So let's go ahead and get started with flipping your mindset from a family to a team and you are the coach. When coaches first get people onto their team, what do they do first? Well, they actually just see what their current talent is and they really kind of understand where is that person now in their skill sets and their knowledge. And a lot of us hire people on and we may have some idea of their skill set and knowledge, but we don't really take the time once they come in to truly get to know that person and where they are with their current skills and knowledge. And so to me, that's the first thing when you get a new hire on is really getting to know that person from that coach mentality. So I can say, I know their baseline and I now know how I need to develop them. Some of the best coaches out there understand that they need to coach equally but that doesn't mean the same. And that's really important when we think about it. Too often leaders kind of get stuck in a rut with how they're coaching. And it, people really need to be coached based off of their individual skills, their habits, and their needs. And if we bring sports into it, just think about it from a, a team perspective. You know, you're not going to have somebody who's the kicker also go ahead and making sure that they are coached exactly the same as someone who's in a defensive position or who someone is a goalie. We're going to coach each one of those positions very differently, but we do need to coach people equally in terms of the treatment that we provide them. And that's really two different things. So we don't want to create this sort of structure where we as a coach don't know how to coach individuals because we only have one coaching style. We need to be flexible with how we coach. And that can be hard for some leaders. You know, I think that a lot of times, again, as I often have said in many of my podcasts, many of us went into this industry because we like animals and resonate with them easier than we do people. And for those of us have moved up from a floor position, say veterinary technician, veterinary nurse, or client service rep, and now you're in, say, a practice manager role or tech manager role, or maybe you're, you were a doctor and you're still a doctor, but now you're a medical director, you still very much resonate with the animal side and you're probably struggling with the person side of things. I recently had a leader that said to me, it's like I need to morph into different people in order to be able to communicate with the various people on my staff. And I said, you've got it. That's completely correct. And that's what a good coach does. A coach recognizes some people need, you know, short and sweet conversations. Some people need a little bit more handholding. Some people need to be shown what to do. And that's what coaches do. That's what makes the best coach. They don't just stand back and deliver exactly the same information to everybody. And so if you have somebody on your team that's struggling to learn or struggling to, you know, perform a certain task, maybe we need to figure out how to develop our own teaching and coaching skills. And so that's one of my challenges too, because guess what? Parents often treat kids very similarly and kids complain about that, right? So parents will say, you know, well, this is what we did with kid A and now we're gonna do the same thing with kid B. And unfortunately, as kids get older, they say, I'm not my brother or I'm not my sister and they start to rebel. 
And parents have to start taking off that parent hat and putting on that coaching hat. And that's really what we're doing in our veterinary hospitals. So again, we don't wanna treat everybody the same. We need to treat them equal. And that's two very different things. One thing that families often do wrong, particularly parents, is they tell their kids what they have to do. And the kids, most of the time, will do those things, but sometimes they rebel. And then the parents get angry when the kids don't do certain things. Again, take your parent hat and shove it into the corner because that's not who you are in your veterinary hospital. As a leader, you are not a family member. You are not mama or papa bear. These are not your kids. You are a coach. And the coach realizes that all the motivation comes from the individual. All of the instructions that we give sometimes does result in frustration because our team members don't want to perform to the level at which we want them to perform in. But it's not because they're being disobedient. It's because we haven't coached them in a way that we're getting through to them. And so all the fiery speeches and all of the rah-rah attitudes that coaches do it doesn't do anything if the person being coached doesn't want to change their behavior. And that's different from being a family member, like being a parent with kids. Because a parent with kids, you know what? You just make them do it because you're the parent. And sometimes they hate you for it, but hey, that's the way it goes. When we're dealing with a team, if we try to make somebody do something they don't want, how do we think that's going to play out in our hospital? They're going to be disgruntled. They're going to gossip. And they're certainly not going to respect us. So because we are not family, instead we are coaches and we work with teammates, we have to get them to want to put forth the effort. So how do we do that? Well, if we think about some of the greatest things that coaches do, when it's down and out and we're really struggling, one of the things that they do is they huddle up. Think about right before a game. What do they do to inspire their team? They do a huddle. They get everybody together and they say, hey, today's going to be a great day. We're going to rock it out of the park. I know we have a really busy schedule, but we have a great staff on. Now go get them. And then during quarters and half times, what did that coach do? They certainly don't bring everybody in the locker room and say, oh, I don't even know why we're going to go out on the field. You know, it's 20 to zero and there's absolutely no way we're going to win. Nope. Instead, they go in and they come up with a new strategic plan. Coaches are constantly reevaluating their team and making sure they have the right people in the right places. And when unfortunately they're realizing that they're down and out, what did, what did coaches do? They switch it up. They switch up players. Maybe they bring in someone new. And we see those analogies within our veterinary hospital. When we get really busy and really swamped, what do we do? We call somebody in sometimes, right? We pick up the phone and we say, hey, we're really swamped or, you know, so-and-so is struggling or somebody just got sick. We need another team member on the team. One of the things that I think that when we get really busy in our hospitals that I love when I see leaders do this is they kind of ask for a timeout. They get the team back on board. I saw this actually while I was moonlighting at a veterinary emergency hospital not too long ago. And it was pretty busy and it was pretty chaotic. And honestly, there was not a really good workflow that was happening in the emergency room. And I've seen a lot of workflows and this one was pretty chaotic. And with that, one of the more senior veterinary technicians actually said to everybody, I think we just need to pause. Let's talk about the cases. Let's regroup. This doesn't feel good. 
And I thought, that's amazing. And while this person did not have any sort of management or supervisor title, in that moment, what did they do? They asked for a timeout. They got everybody in a huddle. They went through everybody as if it was a brand new, you know, start of the day. They talked to about every single patient. They reassigned roles. And guess what happened after that? The workflow dramatically improved. And so sometimes when hospitals are really chaotic and really crazy, I love when managers play the part of the coach and they start seeing the bigger picture and they bring the team together to say, hey, this isn't working. Let's move defense to offense. Let's move inpatient to outpatient and let's get this done. And so certainly this is really important in our hospitals as well. Now I hear what a lot of you are saying when you're listening to this. Amy, the reason why I use the family analogy is because it feels good. We love each other, we care about each other, we care about each other very deeply, and that's why we say we have a family or we feel like we work in a family. But I'm gonna pause and I'm gonna take a more recent example of the Buffalo Bills' DeMar Hamlin. If you're not familiar with this story, he's an NFL player, so American football. And while he was playing during a game, unfortunately, he got knocked down by a couple other players and he completely went into cardiac arrest. They had to perform CPR on the field and then subsequently multiple times after that. Damar Hamlin spent days on a ventilator keeping his body alive and they were not sure whether or not neurologically he was ever going to walk or talk or do anything again. Now, as of doing this podcast, the good news is he is up, he is still on oxygen, he is communicating, he is actually watching his Buffalo Bills and in fact, in the most recent game this past Sunday, uh, Buffalo Bills beat my New England Patriots and you know what? You couldn't help but smile. You actually wanted the New England Patriots to lose so that DeMar Hamlin from his hospital bed could watch his team do great. If you watched any portion of the media coverage around this story, did you see the other players on his team? They were crying. They were sobbing. They were speechless. They struggle still over a week later to be able to talk about the incident. They have said on public news channels, we love him, we want him back. That's one heck of a strong bond. And at no point do they ever say, he's like my family. No, they constantly say, he's my teammate, we want him back, we need him on the team. And so having that team bond can be just as strong, and some could probably even argue even stronger than a family bond. So there's no reason to feel like saying that I work on a team and this is the best team ever takes away from any love by utilizing that terminology and getting away from that family conversation. And then I want you to think about just sort of at the end of the day, what we sh what a lot of teams do. They debrief. They talk about the good and they talk about room for improvement. And that's really what the best coaches do. And so when we have a team that's struggling and at the end of the day, you can see they're completely defeated. The game did not go well. They're going to go home. They're exhausted and they're probably going to complain to their friends and family. Stop. Don't let them leave that way, right? Like that's not what great coaches do. They don't let them walk off the field defeated. They bring them back in for a huddle and they tell them all the amazing things that they did right. And then they assure them that the things that needed improvement are going to get improved. And then for every single player, what happens? 
Every single person on the team gets individual coaching, constant individual coaching. And that's something that many veterinary leaders struggle with because right now I see a lot of leaders just putting out fires and they're focusing so much on just the negativity and the smaller issues that they forgot to develop the people. And I can assure you in my own experience and in talking to other really high performing leaders in the veterinary space, if you focus more on coaching individuals than you do just constantly putting out fires, guess what? Those people shine and you actually have less fires to put out. That just seems to make sense, right? So you definitely wanna go ahead and focus on coaching the individual. And another thing that we think about when we think about that coach and team mentality is situational awareness. This is really important because situational awareness says, I know my surroundings and what's going on in this hospital at all times. And that's very true in any team. It doesn't matter if it's a sports team. It doesn't matter if it's an architect team. And it certainly doesn't matter if it's a veterinary team. As a team, I have great situational awareness. But the other thing that I do as a really amazing team member is I cross monitor. I constantly know where everyone else is in the game. I know where everybody else is in this hospital and I know what's going on. And it basically says, I've got your back. If all of a sudden I notice, oh my gosh, he or she is struggling over there and they are not doing great, I know I need to step up. I maybe need to do something different. I Maybe I need to offer help. Oh my goodness, that dog just vomited. I'm coming to your rescue. I can see from a mile away that that dog is literally vomiting on your shoes right now. I've got you, don't worry. And that's what great team members do. When we think about family, sometimes we're not the kindest to each other and we focus on just ourselves. It's very hard sometimes for kids to appreciate what their parents are doing. You know, I look back as a child and my parents are holding down the fort, right? They're working, each working a job, they're coming home, they're trying to put food on the table. I don't know that I had great situational awareness and I certainly didn't have good cross monitoring as a kid. At no point did I look across the room and think to myself, I really should offer to make dinner tonight. My parents are exhausted. That's a family. What a team member does is they look across the room and they say, wait a minute, my team member is slumped over in a chair. They look exhausted. Hey, are you okay? You don't seem like yourself today. Oh, you know what, I'm just, I'm just so exhausted. This week is just really burning me out. You know what? Let me take this other case for you. You don't, you, I, I can tell you're just not yourself. That's what being a great team member is about. And so ultimately, we as a hospital unit, if we can function more as a team and less like a family, we'd probably be a little less dysfunctional. And the other things that team members do, and certainly that coaches do, is hopefully all team members and all coaches have a really respectful relationship. This is built on trust and honesty and integrity across the board. I expect it not only in every single one of my team members, but they expect it from me. And when we can talk to each other in a professional and kind manner, we open up the door to something called psychological safety. And this is so important. Everyone should have psychological safety in the workplace environment. It means that I have the ability to go up to a doctor and say, 
I, I know that you wanted me to give this medication, but I don't think that the dose is right. And actually I was thinking maybe you would want to change it up with this type of medication because I've seen that actually be more effective. So I, I know I'm not a doctor, but I was thinking that maybe you might think about that. And they go, oh my gosh, you're absolutely right. I definitely didn't want to give that dose. Thank you so much. And you know what? That's a really good good idea about choosing a different antibiotic. I actually do want to switch them over from, you know, Clavamox to Batrol. You're absolutely right. Let's go ahead and do that. I'm going to write and put in a new order for that. And good suggestion. That's what psychological safety is about, that I can go and I can challenge someone and they know I'm coming from a place of kindness. Unfortunately, families often don't have psychological safety because again, they tend not to talk to each other with a professionalism. You know, they, they tend to drop the level of professionalism. They become candid and crass. Curse words come out. The way they talk to each other like, dinner's ready, yeah, we're coming. As opposed to, can you please place an IV catheter in that patient? No, yes, just give me one second. Oh, not a problem completely different tone because that's what it means to be on a team instead of a family. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. I wanted to just challenge you a little bit in your mentality. If you are a leader and you love using the word family, I think family is beautiful and wonderful, but it should be reserved for your home place environment and not your workplace environment. And ultimately, when we think about what we're really doing, we're coaches. And once we get into that mindset, we start focusing on the individual person and then how that individual person fits into the larger picture, which is the whole team. And if we can then get our people to recognize that they're part of a team and not a family, then it becomes not just a job, it becomes this is my team and I'm integral to making everything work on a day-to-day -day operations. Another great analogy of being part of a team is when we think about a team, who's gonna be the most important person on that team? No one, everyone's absolutely equal. And when we can get our team members to understand that everybody's equal and everybody's important in order to make this hospital function, it becomes completely different picture. So huddle your teams up, look for the wins, coach the positives. Certainly when someone is struggling, we do a lot of one-on-one -on -one and we develop that person. We make sure we put the right person into the right role and then ultimately coach individuals instead of focusing on just putting out fires and that's going to make you feel a lot better as a leader it's so rewarding when we can develop people and we get them to be their best and we sit back and go wow look how far they just kicked that ball you sit back and you realize i helped them but ultimately they did it and so it was a team effort of them working with you. And that's amazing. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope it challenged your mindset a little bit. Thank you for all that you do and keep on being a unicorn. Please check out all my other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com.